Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your spirit. Use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 142. As I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him and I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path in the way wherein I have walked. They have privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand, behold, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of this prison that I might praise your name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. I need you to turn your Bibles to Acts 16. Acts 16, starting at the 20th verse. They brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent all their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into to the inner prison, charging the jailer to keep them, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that his prisoners had fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came, trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus. You and your house will be saved. I'm going to preach this morning from the subject, this prison cannot stop my praise. This prison cannot stop my praise. As your pastor, I want you to never forget the power of praise. 
lot of times we get away from it. And I just was sitting here and I just needed to sense the atmosphere that I was in to make sure that this word was for this time and for this house. Amen. I've been pastoring now for about, what, 15 years? 17? I've been to about 15, right? 15 years. We've had 15 year anniversaries, 15 anniversaries. We've had some outside services we've attended together. You know when they when they say you know what let's you know let's hear for Pastor Thompson and and people clap and then they say oh well that wasn't good enough y'all could do better than that then everybody get up that second group of people need to just keep their little claps it's like you know yeah it's like you know if you didn't if you didn't sacrifice it the first time then the second time when they gotta pump you up to go ahead and and clap then really you just you know you know what i'm saying <clears throat> and that's what god feels like i know i know that's how god feels like when when he come into his house with praise and thanksgiving and got a praise and somebody got to tell you, ain't god been good look he woke you up and oh, i did all this and they gotta tell you all that and then and all like, okay well praise god Come on, we could do better than that if we were, if, if I, I didn't say the Cowboys, I didn't say the Giants, I didn't, I didn't say, I said God, and then y'all get up, God saying y'all could keep that. According to the dictionary, praise is defined as an expression of one's gratitude with respect towards a deity. Sometimes and mostly, especially in song. Which means there's words to praise. Right? There are three Hebrew words in the Bible that are translated as praise. Yada. That means to praise or give thanks or confess. So when you say when you when you're praising and you yada, you're 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 praising, you're giving thanks. That's that's when you thank him for waking you up in the morning. That's when you thank him for the clothes on your back. You thank him for food on your table. Somebody say, and, and you're praising God, you're confessing, you're you're giving a testimony of the things that you're praising. Amen. There's another word that means is is zamar, which means to sing praise. Musicians, you need to understand the power of Zamar, the, the power of song, the power of being able to enter into a place through the avenue of music and drums and cymbals. And that's Psalms 150 we read about. That was a, a Zamar praise. Amen. And then there's another word, um, hala, which means it's the root word for hallelujah, which means to praise, to honor, or to commend. There are many scriptures that speak to praise, too many to list, but all of, uh, I'll give you just a few of them, that, some that, you know, come to our mind, Psalms 160 verse 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So, so by that definition, who's that? If you got breath, let me see your hand of everyone that has breath. So, okay, we check. 
put a check by that. We got that qualification. Pray Psalms 103 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being, praise his holy name. And that means praise is not only outside, it's inside. That the very inner inner core of your being should be giving God praise. That's why you got to be careful of things that come to mess with your peace. Because when things disturb your peace on the inner man, then it disturbs your praise. Mm. I'm going to teach a little bit, but we're going to have some church. Psalm 63, 3 and 4 says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Which lets me know that it's because of his love, which is better than life. Right? That that my lips, there's, there's a part of my body that is going to magnify and glorify his name, right? This action, I'm lifting my hands. I see the hands, I got hands. I seen your hand, one hand before. So we that check, right? But he says, as long as I live, because the dead can't praise. It's very, very important to, to understand that the dead can't praise. That's why everything that has breath, praise the Lord, because that which breath is gone cannot praise God. I don't want to stay here too long, but I just want you to think about this, that the breath that praises God is not your breath. But the breath that he, the ruach, what he blew into us in Genesis 1 is the breath, that time limit. You only have a certain time limit to praise God with his praise. And when that time runs out, he takes that praise back. Okay. Hmm. Colossians 3.16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That's, you can't sing a song, that's why people are hard to open their mouth, because if you're singing about peace and joy, it's kind of hard. You can't be mad and sing hallelujah, Jesus is Lord, at the same time. Okay, Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, if there's any excellent thing, praiseworthy thing, think on these things. So I need to be thinking on things that are praiseworthy. There's some stuff that we think about that don't deserve our praise. Watch this. There are some things that we think about that if you don't give your breath to. Okay, okay. It's coming together. Only a couple of more. Isaiah 12, 4. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And proclaim that his name is exalted. So we give praise by proclaiming. Praise is a proclamation. And lastly, Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one 
I praise. That praise is directly connected to your healing and your salvation. Wow. But it's hard to think of prison and praise in the same breath. <laughs> but it is in the prison where true praise gets its power. A prison is a fortress designed to confine and restrict from freedom and liberties. Last week, we looked at strongholds, how the enemy erects them in our relationships. Today, we see strongholds as he attempts to erect to, to, to that, the strongholds he, he attempts to erect so that he can paralyze our praise. Follow me. Now, I've done time in jail. Okay. And I know the difficulty of finding a silver lining in the midst of chaos. When certain liberties and freedoms are taken, it is hard for praise to find oxygen. When, when they're telling you when to wake up, when to eat, what to eat, what to put on, how to move, when you can move, what to read, what you can't read, you're not going to say nothing. When these liberties are taken, it's hard to find oxygen for your praise. Oh. And with no oxygen, there can be no fire. So when there's a lack of praise in a room, that is so on point. And Nikki did not know she was going to be praying this morning, but Nikki said, set this place on fire. Set it on fire. But the fire can't ignite with lack of oxygen. That's why when everybody's breath is on one accord, giving God praise, it ignites something in a place that sets an atmosphere of fire for God to come in and inhabit. Because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his. Now, even though you might not be in a physical prison. A lot of people, and yes, even Christians, suffer mental and spiritual prisons that produce and present the same way that physical prisons do. Woo! And these two texts are, are spouses. They are married together. Watch this. And they, they speak to the power of praising in and through our prisons. And we're going to experience these from two powerhouses, Paul and David. Somebody say Paul and David. We need to look at them. I'm going I'm to I'm do my best. Pray for me. First, let's look at what David says. In Psalms 142, he said, I cried to the Lord with my voice, my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path and the way wherein I have walked. They privately laid a snare for me. First thing I need you to understand is this is David. And what is David doing? He is crying with his voice. Somebody say his voice. 
not the voice. I know y'all got the CD. I thank y'all very much for your support. But he is crying with his voice. He says it twice. He says, the Lord heard. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Not only is he crying with his voice. Why is that important, Pastor? Because other people can't cry for you. Other people can't cry for you. When you are in your prison, you cannot have other people crying for you. You need to do use your voice. Why? Because it is, it is in your voice that God interprets the level of pain that you are in. I'm gonna have a good time with this. Uh, now, y'all know I, I'm studying. I'm studying sound, uh, and and anybody that knows anything about sound, is sound is just a reverberation of of things in the atmosphere. It is a breaking up in the atmosphere as wavelengths, and they hit your ear. But it is all moving through air particles, breath making sound as it hits your ears. And so, what happens when God said, "Let there be light." The light, when he spoke it, had to just go ahead. The darkness had to move out the way and light, light was there because the sound of God's voice created what he wanted to see. Y'all not going to help me. Y'all know that's why we always keep telling you the power of life and death is in your tongue. So I could go ahead and pray for you, but the level of my prayer isn't going to hit God's ears at the intensity of your own voice. You got to give voice. And the reason why some people cannot get the deliverance out of their prisons that God wants them to have is because they are too afraid to open their mouth and they are speaking in a language that God can't understand. They sound like everything is all right. So the cry, y'all better help me. You cannot be in a prison and not use your voice to come out of that prison. So David said it was in my voice. And not only did he cry, he's making supplication. He's letting his request be known. He's saying, God, hear my voice, hear my cry. I'm pouring out my supplication. And watch this. He said, I'm pouring out. I poured out my complaint. Did that good word go? Thursday night Bible study. Complaint. God is not afraid of your complaints. Matter of fact, if you don't have a complaint, don't talk to God. There should be a burden so heavy on your heart that it irritates you. There should be something that bothers you, not just in your life, but in the life of others. That is a complaint. You only complain when you know things can be better. If there was no hope for better, you would never complain. You would settle. Tap your neighbor and say, don't settle. Uh-uh, don't settle. You got to know how to open your mouth. Closed mouth don't get fed. I didn't say you weren't appreciative. I just said complain. Ooh. So he's complaining. He said, listen, I'm pouring out my complaint. I showed you my trouble. You want to come out of the prison? Stop hiding. Stop hiding the fact that you're in trouble. 
Stop hiding the fact that your money in trouble, that your marriage in trouble, that your sanity's in trouble, that your kids in trouble, that y'all not going to say nothing. Sit here and keep looking at me. I'll come right and sit next to you and tell you your trouble. God knows the trouble we're in. He knows the trouble we keep getting ourselves in after he brought you out. Ooh. And then he says, I'm overwhelmed. Anybody in here feel overwhelmed? Anybody ever been overwhelmed? I'm about to be overwhelmed by this heat just a little bit in a minute. It like it comes in waves, just like menopause. And I just want to make sure everybody else feel it so I don't feel like I'm freaking out up here and God trying to tell me something. It is. Okay, thank you very much. So don't just stand there and be looking at me like, I wonder how long he going to sweat while you sitting there comfortable. Come fix this. Thank you very much. I'm pouring out my complaint. Overwhelmed. There have been times in my pastoral little life that I've been overwhelmed. You got to know that life will hit you with something that just overwhelms you. And it's okay. If we could get to the place where we can understand that struggle and over being overwhelmed is okay, then maybe we can get something done. That's why we got to be comfortable enough to not, we can't play church when you know you're the church. And we can't fix nothing if we don't acknowledge it's broken. Somebody had posted something to the old time saints coming in. You remember how the choirs used to come in? You know, be the whole, you'd be looking at it like they bringing in a body or something. Be like 25 choirs wrapped around the building. You got to stand there for 15 minutes as they all march in and twist and do their Kirk Franklin and MC Hammer impressions as they come down. And it's like, that's what we need to go back to the old time. I said, bro, let me tell you something about old time. And I'm thinking, y'all know I'm thankful for heritage, but the old time always leads up to this time <laughs> so if you if you saying that we in a great place right now then then let's go back to doing what we used to do but if it don't look no better something got to change because a lot of kids know how to play church but a lot of kids don't know how to walk in truth You can get overwhelmed. And that's what he said. But now, but, but, but wait a minute. Paul said the same thing. Verse 20, when they brought them to the magistrates, they said, these Jews are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us to accept and practice. They crown, the crowd joined in attacking them. The magistrates tore their garments off and they beat them. They inflicted them, and they ordered the jailer to keep them. Here, the people are complaining and laying snares while attacking them. So when we see David pouring out his complaint to God, we see people pouring their complaint out to people. And we see what's happening now. We have Paul and them who are being beaten and attacked. Now, that's something to complain about. 
I don't know how many of us would just take having our clothes tore off and being uh, being and thrown into jail. So uh, maybe some of us can't understand and identify with that. I mean, it's not not even going to talk about that. But they're saying that they, all they were doing was bringing the truth and they're being attacked. Have you ever been attacked by trying to help somebody? Have you ever had people try to rip you apart and all you wanted was the best for them? There's, there's nothing like try giving your all and going into your own resources and doing everything you know you can do to help somebody out. And then they flip that thing and they got you in prison feeling like you done did something wrong. I know I'm preaching up in here. So that's what's happening to them. Then let's go back and look at David real quick. He said, he said, um, in verse four, I looked on my right hand. Behold, there was no one who knew me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Why? Because it's in prison that you're most alone. It's when it's the darkest place. It's like nobody cares. You're in prison. <sighs> you look on both sides. Nobody there to help you. You help everybody. But when you need help, nobody is there to help you. That's when bitterness sets in. Because you start thinking about all you did, and then, you you know, come on, don't help. Then that's, how, that's how relationships get torn apart. Because now that I'm in my struggle, I look for you and, you know, and then... You know, you know that I'll give it to you in income tax time. But then <laughs> you look on your right and your left for income tax time. So now you're, you're in trouble. That's how it is when you're in that dark place. That's how it is in the prison of life when you're alone. That's when you know that God is the only one to get you. But it doesn't, it, it, it's the same thing that happened in Acts 24. After receiving the order, they put them in the inner prison, fasten their feet. See, the, the darkness of an inner prison, this is where your movement is hindered. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to let you understand because a lot of people don't think they're in prison. They think they're free. But prison is designed to restrict movement. Now, David said he felt alone. There was nobody to help him. They threw Paul in him in the inner prison. That is the most darkest place in the prison. That is where no light, no chance of getting out in a prison where you get forgotten. And when you walk into a prison, it's usually the first out of prison that, that those inmates get, get some kind of recognition. But it takes a little journey to get to the inner prison. <laughs> but but not only did they throw them in the inner prison, they, they threw them in the inner prison and they tied up their feet and their hands. See, people of God, when you are in a mental or a spiritual prison, it is identified by the fact that you cannot move in the things of God. It is all designed to keep you from being effective. And yes, you come to church, you give, you pray, you do all the churchy things, you do all the religious things, but you still have no movement. You have no movement. It's, it's like buying a stock that just stays there. It don't dip or excel. It's just, it's just there. So you, you, you get frustrated because we are people that grow, that ever evolve. Then whenever you get stagnant in any place in your life, it has to bother you. Yeah. 
It bothers you. If you are a person that is used to going somewhere or even have hopes of going somewhere, it bothers you that you can't move. That's what this COVID did to people. People who want to go ahead and be active and move, it has paralyzed. And now you got to be on quarantine. And people who don't like to stay still cannot deal with quarantine. But some of you are on spiritual quarantine and you ain't even got COVID. And it gets easy to separate and stay in your inner prison. Because a lot of people don't want visitors in their inner prison. Now I got to deal with the outer prison. Because you can see that. And it's like that inner prison always shows up at the wrong time. You can say hi and they just cuss you out. You're like, what? I just, what did I just? But they've been stacking in the inner prison forever. Okay. Well, we almost dead, brother Christian. You with me? Amen. So look what David does in verse 5. He says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. David knows enough that when physical refuge fails, what is more important is spiritual refuge. Here hope is what David exhibits while admitting his weakness. That's that's that, that's the key, y'all. Catch it when you're in a prison. He he knows enough to say, "Listen, I cried to you. I have found no refuge out, so I'm I'm low. Deliver me from my persecutors." He's humbling himself, for they are stronger than I. He he is anointed to be king, but he understands that he has enemies who are stronger than I. He is anointed to be king, but he knows that there are enemies that are stronger than him. He prays three times a day, but he knows that there are enemies that are stronger than I. He gives to the church weekly, but he knows that there are enemies more stronger than I. He puts on all his suits, his prayer shawl, his you ain't gonna say nothing, but he knows that there are enemies that are stronger than I. I don't care who you are, how anointed you think you are, there is always an enemy that you need to understand that is stronger than I. Can we get somebody to admit? I want you to understand that yes, we have power over the enemy, but the enemy knows us better than we know ourselves. And you come in here and shout about the enemies you have conquered. But I'm trying to get a free church up in here on today that can go ahead and admit that yes, I got some enemies I didn't tell anybody about. And every now and again, that enemy is whooping my behind. Y'all better help me up in here. He's stronger 
Serena. So he says, bring my soul out of this prison. That I might praise your name. David says, get me out of here. So I can praise your name. Stick a pen in. I'm in trouble. I complain. I'm hurting. I got enemies. They're laying traps. He, he, wait, did I tell you that he said, I walked in the way that you told me to walk and they laid a snare for me. <laughs> that did wait, I missed it. Did I tell you that David said he was walking the way God wanted him to walk and they still trapped him? by design everything you walked up on everything you got caught up in every prison you ever been locked in God knew about it before you got there oh it was God who opened the door to the prison that you are in I'm preaching right now I'm preaching right now. And David says I got one thing for you God I'm gonna lose I'm gonna use my ace card I'm trying to teach you how to use the ace card. I did preach and say that this prison won't stop my praise. Right? I know what I was talking about. Now, I'm going to go, y'all know my prison. I'll go ahead and tell it to you again if you need to know. But it was in my praise where my, it was in my prison where my praise got its power. And once you understand that it is in a prison where your praise gets power, then you then use your praise for any ever, any other prison you ever face. Y'all better help me. That means even though I might get tripped up in something, it ain't never gonna lock me up. Woo! And David said, I'm gonna use my ace card. I, I know how to get out of a situation. I'm not gonna make this about me. I'm gonna make this about God. Oh my God. God, get me out of here so I can praise you. That's what got God's attention. But, but Paul, Paul and them had already figured that out. David said, get me out of here so I can praise you. But the Bible says, at about midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening. And suddenly, somebody say, suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, somebody tap your neighbor and say, immediately, all the doors were open. Not just his door, all the doors were open. And not just their bounds and their chains, everybody's. Here's what I need you to see. This is hope in action. Paul and Silas were both, they they said, God, I don't need you to get me out of here so I can praise you. I'm going to praise you so I can get out of it. Y'all better help me up in here. Paul and Silas were both not physically able to produce an earthquake, but together their praise started shaking something. I'm trying to help somebody. Do you know 
like that. And when you praise, it starts shaking stuff. The devil don't like when hell wakes up and starts shaking stuff. I'm trying to help you because I know that the devil has locked some of your minds up in a prison. You can't get happy thoughts. You can't think on good things. You can't understand that what you're going through right now is only an opportunity for God to go ahead and bust you out of a situation. But you gotta be able to say this prison will not stop my praise. Uh-uh. You're not gonna choke me, devil. You're not gonna. I'm gonna open up my mouth and declare that God is able, that God will move, that God can do all things but fail, that God is my healer, that God is my deliverer, that God is my way maker, that God is my El Shaddai, that God is my Adonai, that God is able to shake everything. Y'all better help me up in here. I'm trying to tell you, praise will bring your nephew up out of drug addiction. I'm trying to help you. Praise will keep a bullet from hitting your child. Praise will... is our time capsule. Some of you are too old not to praise because we done messed up so much of our young years that like Hezekiah said, I'll turn my face to the wall and say, God, the grave can't praise you. But if you heal me, I'll praise you. And God said, I'm going to put 15 more years on your life. Do you know that every time you praise God, he's tacking on life. Praise him, life. Praise him, life. Praise him, life. Praise him, life. That's why the devil didn't kill you. Because when you were going down, you said, I will look to the hills from which cometh my... was on its way, but a praise that said, oh, I can't walk up on praise. Now let me help you. We almost there. Do you know that praise alters and renews the mind? Do, do you know that praising God when you sing and clap and you hallelujah, it physically raises your endorphins and your oxygen? Oh, y'all better help me. It, 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 it results in a much better feeling in your entire body. Now watch this, y'all. Endorphins are the body's natural painkillers. 
it's gonna be so good. Hold the door. Endorphins are released by by hypothemias and pituitary glands that respond to pain and stress. This group of uh, hormones both relieves pain and creates a general feeling and natural healing agents in the body for well-being. Watch this. And women, and women, oxytocin, whatever that word is, look it up. Uh, oxytocin, thank you very much, honey, right there, RN. That's the proper way to say it, oxytocin. It's responsible for signaling contractions of the womb during labor. The, the hormone stimulates muscles to contract so that labor begins. Now, in men, it's different. But it plays a role in moving sperm. Woo! So that conception can occur. I said, God, what, what, what are you trying to tell me? He said, the reason why the enemy wants to keep you locked in a spiritual and mental prison is because he doesn't want you to reproduce. <laughs> he, he, he wants you to feel sick in your mind, sick in your body, but he doesn't even know that you don't even need a Motrin. You don't even need a prescription. All your healing I've already put inside your body. That every medicine that you need is released in your body automatically if you give me praise. Oh my God. That, that, that the more you praise, the more healing comes because sickness and praise can't reside in your body by natural means. Oh my God. But not only that, Pastor, I need you to let them know that they have dreams and destiny and vision that can only be produced if we all conceive at the same time and if you get a house of praise I will impregnate next level ministries oh my God, with such an anointing that the womb will begin to constrict and you'll understand that this church right now is in labor Somebody say labor. Push. That's why God said I want praise in this house because I'm trying to get you to push. Where my pregnant people at? Everybody. I ain't here to hurt nothing. Don't worry about it after service. Right now, God said, let's break out of the prison. God just broke something. God just gave you a visual of what's happening in your spirit. It's being broken off of you, out of you. Give God some praise.
Now I'm gonna give you my last point. Cause while you in this mode, you gotta let this drop into your spirit. Cause I can't get you to produce a baby that will be aborted if you don't get this point. When everybody in that prison got up, they were gonna kill themselves. Cause every prisoner was free. But Paul said, don't do that. We still here. We still here. And the jailer said, what do I have to do? So that I can experience what you have. He said, believe in you and your house. That's you and everything connected to you. That's you and everything connected to you. That's you and everything that you are concerned about. Let me tell you this. Here's the importance of your praise. God is going to get some glory out of this prison. God ain't going to let you get trapped up in nothing he ain't want no glory out of. The question is, can you trust God enough not to be concerned about yourself, but to praise him in your prison so that others can witness your praise in prison? To know that even when you're out of prison, you can be in prison. When the chains fell and the doors opened, they were free, but they didn't exit. Some of you, the only reason you want to get free is so you can get out. But God wants you free so you can stay in. And I know that my God is able to deliver us out of this furnace. But if not, we will not bow. We gonna keep praising. It is when you know you can be in something and not be of something. Yeah. Yes, yes. That true praise has its power. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That means, well, I need help. I'm still helping. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I need somebody to pray for me. I'm praying for you. Yeah. Well, I want my kids to come out. I'm praying your kids come out. Yeah. Well, well, I, yeah. I, 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 I know where we in, but we in this thing together. I'm not going to leave the prison just to, so you could be, uh-uh, y'all not going to say that. We're we going to praise God together. We're going to come through this together. We're going to believe together. We're going to trust together. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. Why? Because I'm not alone. The Bible says if two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. He said one could chase a thousand, two ten thousand. Oh my God. We could put to flight millions of devils right now in the name of Jesus. My praise is power, protection, and provision. When I praise, demons flee. 
When I praise, God supplies my needs. When I praise, there are angels surrounding me. Praise is my power, my protection, and my provision. And all God says is I called you to promote him. Somebody give God a praise. Say it and I'm gonna be teaching her now and then we're gonna have our announcements and an offer. I'm gonna tell you this, people of God. Because as your pastor, I know, I know that we've been praying and believing God for at least the 15 years that I've been pastoring is for some divine and miraculous healings in this church. Right? We ain't talking about codes. We got some people dealing with some serious stuff, right? On a regular basis. Now, I know and I believe and I trust that God would want all of you healed totally. I know he can do that. I also know this, that if it was going to kill you, sure enough, in these 15 years, I should have been preaching your funeral at some point. But you still here. So the question has to be, since the devil can't kill me with it, what does God want me to do 
so I ain't got to deal with it no more. And let me drop this on you. Because I've been in some recovery programs, both circular and spiritual. And one thing you cannot do, you cannot, this is, this is, oh, hold yourself, Andrew, I'm about to drop something. This is from my Roman movies and all this. This is kingdom. You study kingdom. We are kingdom, right? We're my kingdom people. I ain't say church people. I got kingdom people. I'm going to drop something on you. It's so simple. You cannot hold the banner of two kingdoms. You can't hold up bloodstain, healed, delivered, and set free, and the banner of an enemy. One of them banners got to drop. Because it sends mixed messages to the armies who are for you and against you. Because they don't know whether to fight for you or fight you. That was always my problem with going to AA and NA. Hi, my name is Andre and I'm an addict. I never said that. Why you want to say, because I'm not an addict. My name is Andre, I'm delivered, set free, and working the program. Y'all better help me. I'm never gonna put a name on me that God said my name is. You better, ask, you better let people stop calling you out your name, and you better stop believing what other people say you are. You can have something and not be that. I was smoking crack, but I was not a crack. I was not a crack. I was addicted, but I was not a crack addict. Y'all better help me. And God would never call me that because while I was smoking it, he was saying, you're a pastor. You're going to leave. Y'all, he, he wasn't even waiting. He wasn't even waiting for me to stop smoking to tell me who I was. And some of y'all in here said that boy ain't going to never be nothing. And now I'm pastoring you. Look at my God. Because prison can't stop my praise. Yeah. 